Hey everybody, what's going on here on What's the Trend? We're talking about the latest trends today in design, business, and human behavior. And my name is Nicholas Polito. I'm a self-taught brand designer and entrepreneur. And today in episode 020, aka The Magical 20, we're talking to a young established CEO from California who has built and created over 10 businesses so far, sold two of them, and the most astonishing part, he started at 17 years old. And that's an amazing story he has to share. His name is Jeet Banerjee. He's a great CEO himself. He has a lot of insights and valuable information to share about the market and the current trends today. And that's why we have him on this show today. So... Make sure, if you haven't checked him out before, to, uh, yeah, check out his links on social media. He is out there. He has tremendous value to share. He builds up his brand in order to share his knowledge, his wisdom with the world, and he wants to make a great impact. I suggest we support him. He has a really great stories to share, and he drops some really hardcore value on that. And check out his program if you um, like this episode, and give us a five-star rating and a review and here we go with Jeet Banerjee. See ya! So Jeet, first of all, I'd like to uh, mention uh, in the name of all the, uh, of the podcast audience, it's a really a pleasure to have you on this show. And I'm really amazed uh, yeah, to talk to you about uh, the latest trends today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks so much for uh, having me on the show. I'm excited. So, 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 Jeet, for the one or two people who never heard of you before, I mean, that's a pretty unique name, by the way, but who are you? Uh, a short introduction, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, 25 years old currently. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur, TEDx speaker, digital marketing consultant, and I pretty much help other people kind of get their businesses off the ground and kind of get into entrepreneurship. Um, I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 17. I've sold two businesses since then, uh, launched over 10 companies, some of which have failed, some of which have succeeded greatly, and uh, spoken at conferences and events around the world. So uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> so so what, what, what people will astonish is probably the fact that you're 25 years old and you have got into entrepreneurship with 17 years old. And the first question is, and I think a lot of people are going to have this on this podcast who listen to it, is what, what inspires you? Are you some sort of anomaly or, or uh, what makes you so different? What's, what's the main cause that this got started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, think, um, I think I'm just inspired by the fact that I want to be the, I want to like by greatness, I just want to be great. And I, I kind of like can't stand mediocrity and average, being average. And I really think my journey began when I was 15 years old. Um, one day my dad came into my room, kind of woke me up early in the morning and told me, hey, I've been thinking, I think you need to go get a job. Uh, if you want the latest video games, or you want to go spend money with your friends, all that kind of stuff. So initially I was really bummed out. And um, so I went out and started getting like part-time after school jobs, pretty much anything a teenager would get minimum wage type of stuff like cleaning floors tutoring telemarketing door-to-door um, -door sales receptionist all this kind of stuff and I did this between 15 to 17 for two years and one thing kept happening I either kept quitting or kept uh, getting fired from every single job I took <laughs> and I was getting into my senior year of high school and I was getting to the time where I needed to apply to college and my whole plan in life so far was hey I'm going to go get a business degree and then I'm going to work a corporate job in nine to five and I thought life would be great and I'd be rich and things would be good but I couldn't work 10 to 12 hours a week and all of a sudden this pressure of having to work 40 plus hours a week was kind of terrifying me and scaring me and in the beginning, I just thought something was wrong with me. I just thought like, man, I can't work. Something's wrong with me. What's going on? So one day I decided to go on Google during my senior year after I quit my 12th job. And I was like, let's find out what happens if I type in my so-called symptoms on Google. And so I typed these symptoms in and I come across some videos of like Richard Branson and some other entrepreneurs who kind of talk about the early days before they became an entrepreneur, how they felt like they were in a prison, how they felt like they had no freedom and they felt chained up and they felt like they were unemployable. And I immediately started relating to their feelings and their um, descriptions of what they went through. And I was like, man, that's me right there. That's exactly who I am and what I'm feeling right now. And they were, they all said that, you know, entrepreneurship is the way to go. Once they became an entrepreneur, they saw freedom and they got all the things they wanted. So initially that was my main motivation. And I said, you know what, um, I'm going to give this a shot. This sounds perfect for me. And I've never really looked back since. 
Wow. Yeah, I guess that resonates with a lot of entrepreneurs who are out there and currently hustling and hustling at that age. But prior to getting started uh, with your career, who were you in, in, in school, in high school, early on as a kid? I, I assume like you were not really knowing what's going on with you. You were different than other people. And in what way? How, how, if I met you at that time and if we would hang out together at the same age, who were you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, from, a, from a young age, I was kind of obsessed and like intrigued by various different things. So like, for example, when I was very young, I loved basketball, but I loved basketball to a different level that other people loved it, right? So one of my favorite players was Kobe Bryant. And some people that love sports and watching basketball just love the thrill of the game, right? Watching the game being played yeah. and seeing who gets the, what the final score is. For me, it was deeper than that. Like I used to love watching the post-game interviews after watching the games, trying to see what every, every little question that they got asked and how they would respond to it. Like for example, Kobe Bryant, like I have all these memories of how he would respond to questions. And this one time in the playoffs, he shot like two for 30. And then they asked him, um, Hey Kobe, you shot terrible from the field today. Like, what are you going to do next game? And he said, I'm still going to shoot. Uh, cause you can't make the shot if you don't shoot. Right. And like these little types of things really resonated with me and they really kind of like molded my mindset. But pretty much when I was young, I was kind of like a troublemaker, kind of like a rebellion. And I just always got intrigued by different things and I hated, hated conforming. So like going to school, having to do the same homework as everyone, having to take the same test, having to be quiet in class, behaving, all of these things were kind of a big challenge for me, especially when I was growing up, right? Like I didn't want to do those things. I wanted yeah. to do what I wanted to do. And so pretty much like if you had met me when I was a kid, you'd probably think I was a troublemaker or a lot of people like to call me misunderstood and people thought really? that there's something wrong with me, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> wow were you labeled some sort of because i know a lot of entrepreneurs were labeled add or something like that where where people like saying ah he's not going anywhere what's wrong with this kid Mm -hmm. yeah so the thing with me was like i was never really labeled in any specific way like i know my parents had meetings with like counselors and i've had like meetings with counselors and stuff and they would all just say like the same thing it'd just be like oh he's really smart everything works fine like his brain works everything works he just doesn't apply himself And that was like the biggest thing. So like growing up, my parents always wanted to find a way to get me to apply myself uh, because the counselors and all this stuff would tell them this. Cause like I take like tests where um, like state tests and stuff like that. And my scores would be off the charts, right? Like top, top uh, on the 90th percentile and stuff like that. And then like when it came to school and grades and stuff, they would see what was going wrong and they'd be like, Oh, well, he's just not doing the homework. That's why he's got a C average or whatnot. And that's when my parents kind of started figuring out that it wasn't a matter of like something wrong with me, more so a matter of like me not applying myself enough. Okay. So you were not really a great student, right? No, no, absolutely not. So what was your experience uh, with school after all, where they kind of making a lot of problems and you, and you said, okay, that's not the the right thing for me because I, I know later on you kind of dropped out of college. So what's your opinion about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think edu- I think college education and like classroom based learning is just one of maybe like 1000 of different ways that you can learn something right. I think there's many different forms of education. So I have no knock on college or classroom learning or anything like that. But my biggest thing is that I have two issues with it. One is that everyone learns in the same matter or in the same form. So everyone's given the same curriculum, the same assignments, the same tests and the same homework. So it almost feels robotic in a sense. So that was like my number one issue. I felt like I was a robot there because I'm being, I'm being trained to do what everyone else in the room is being trained to. Like, how do I be different? And uh, the second knock that I had with college was that um, I just felt like there wasn't enough flexibility and freedom to kind of like do what I wanted to do. Right. Like if I, if I'm not sure about my major and I want to just see what major I want to be, well, I got to declare for a major. I got to spend two years doing it. And if I, and then I got to spend all that money. And after two years, if I don't like it, then I switch again. Then I got to go through the same process. Those were my two main issues with college. But when it comes to college, I have no knock on it. I think it's a great form of education. And for the right person, it can definitely give them the tools and the knowledge and the learning that they need. But just for me specifically, I didn't find myself getting value from college. I've always been one of those guys where I learned the most by doing. And I felt like in college, it was more like take notes, memorize things, put it in a uh, recite it back in a test form and that'll prove how good you are at something. And for me, it's always been like, I, the, as soon as I find something I want to do, I want to just go out there and do it. I want to fall on the floor, get beat down, get knocked down a couple of times and keep trying. And that's how I learn. And, uh, so that's why I kind of decided to drop out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, 
if somebody's out there, I mean, we have a lot of, we have a huge audience right now, um, about a thousand listeners or something on this podcast currently. And I, 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 obviously we have a young audience and most of them ask the question like what they should do after, after school, after high school, how does someone figure out uh, what's the right solution for him, whether he should go to college or not? Because you said it's a different way of learning, but what if that someone has never ever explored himself and really has no clue at all? He's not that developed. Yeah, absolutely. My biggest thing in, uh, with that kind of advice in life is just do trial and error, right? Like you're never going to know unless you try. And a lot of people are like, oh man, like I don't know if I should go to college or not. Don't go for a year. You know what I mean? Like take a year off, take a semester off, take two years off, whatever it takes to figure out what you want and to find yourself. It's okay. At worst, you're going to have two years of experiences that number one, none of the other college kids have. And the worst case scenario is, okay, you're two years older than everyone else who cares, right? It doesn't really matter. I think the key in life is just figuring out what it is that you want to do because that's the hardest thing to find. It doesn't matter if you're two years, five years, six years behind. It's the matter of finding it because some people never find that way that they need to learn to find that thing that really makes them tick and makes them go and makes them very passionate about life. And I'm all for just figuring out different ways. And the only way I've been able to figure things out is by trial and error, you know, like I'll start a business and I'll be like, man, I hate running this business. Okay. I'm not going to run that business anymore. But looking at if things from behind the scenes, you never know until you try. So, so how did you figure out what you wanted to do after high school when with, with 17? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it just goes back to kind of the story that I said. So I tried a bunch of jobs. I hated every single job. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's try out entrepreneurship, right? So um, instead of kind of waiting till like 25, 26, like many family and friends told me to do so, I've always been impatient. And this was kind of like the first time where like my impatience actually paid off for the better. Like growing up, I'd always get trouble in trouble for being impatient. But this was the first time where I was like, oh man, my impatience is paying off because I'm just going out there and doing this cool thing and seeing how it goes. And for me, it was just trial and error, right? So I just went out there. I started a business. I ran that business for two years. I loved a lot of things about that business, but I also disliked a couple things, right? Um, like one of the things that I disliked about the business was that I didn't feel like I had enough of a purpose. It was like a web design company, right? And I felt like there were so many other web design companies out there that like it wasn't anything special that I was really doing, but I loved the freedom, the money, being able to be creative and run my own company and um, kind of have, make executive decisions. I loved all those things. So then it was like, okay, cool. I know all the things I like and all the things I didn't like about this business. Let's see how I can translate to all the things I do love into my next business and so forth. And so it's just been like a growing process. Like I say, entrepreneurship is really just a journey about figuring out what industries you want to work with, who you want to work with, where you want to work and what you want to do. And you just got to go out there and just do it. And over time, you'll kind of learn a lot about yourself and a lot, uh, a lot of things will come to fruition within your journey. Okay, so yeah, you, you mentioned you started a business and you liked all making those executive decisions and I get that. I'm kind of the same way. But um, th especially these days with Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, all these, these money makers on social media and influencers, entrepreneurship is so hype. Would you agree right now? Yeah, entrepreneur. Sorry, what was the last part you said? Entrepreneurship is so what? It's so hype these days. Everybody oh. wants to become an entrepreneur. And my biggest fear, and I guess... Uh, that's a general fear is that the wrong people choose to, to become an entrepreneur and they fail in it because they may be better employees or number twos or number threes. And that's still a good position. But how, how does someone identify that he's really, uh, he can really succeed in entrepreneurship? What, what yeah. is what are some main skill sets here? Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. I think mainstream media, especially like back in the day, like 10 years ago, being an entrepreneur was like the most horrible thing in the world. Like people look down upon you. They'd be like, oh, that's just another word for unemployed. Now everyone's like hyped up uh, entrepreneurship so much that everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. And the worst thing that I see is because of all these like big influencers and stuff, people think that it's very easy. People think that I'm going to start a company today and tomorrow I'm going to be an overnight millionaire. I'm going to have a yacht. I'm going to have a Ferrari and I'm going to have a mansion on, on top of the beach. Right. And that's the biggest thing that I tell people. Like I, I do a lot of times where I work with entrepreneurs and stuff like that. I'm like, this is going to be the hardest thing that you ever do in your entire life. Cause mainstream media doesn't show you the journey. It just shows you the destination. It just shows you after years and years of hard work where that person ended up. But if you really profile someone throughout the journey and the years and the early days, um, working 80, 90 hour weeks and not getting paid a dime, 
that's what being an entrepreneur really is about. So I think the skills and um, figuring out whether entrepreneurship is right for you or not, it just really comes down to going out and trying it, right? You're right. Some people are great as employees. Some people are great as managers. And some people are great as entrepreneurs. And I think anyone can be an entrepreneur, but they just need the right mindset and they just really need the right amount of focus and commitment to it, right? And I like to tell people that change and comfort don't go, don't go together. Like if you want to be comfortable, don't change your life. Just keep it the way things are and you'll be comfortable. But if you really want to change your life, you're not going to be comfortable. You're going to have to make sacrifices, lose sleep, um, bury relationships, all kinds of things like that to achieve what you want to achieve. It's just natural. It's just the way um, life works, right? To be a part of the 1%, top 1%, you have to do what 99% of the other people are unwilling to do. And um, my biggest thing for people that want to be an entrepreneur, I don't think there's any like fixed skill sets or any of those things. I think you just got to go out there and try it. And as you try it, if you want it bad enough, then you want anything else in the world, you'll be successful as an entrepreneur. And I just think not enough people get into entrepreneurship nowadays that want it bad enough. And that's why we see so many people failing and kind of like making excuses and things of that nature. So yeah, as speaking of, of, of the struggles with entrepreneurship, what were some struggles early on when you started your first business? Did you ever think like, oh man, that's not going to work out? Or were you insecure about certain things or the work stuff? Did you feel overwhelmed? What was it like the first year in business? Oh yeah, 100%. So when I kind of first started out as an entrepreneur, um, I faced a couple of different challenges. So I was 17 years old and I had a really, really big baby face. So I actually looked like I was 12 or 13, right? And so, <laughs> Really? I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't believe, man. Yeah, yeah. So I had this major baby face with these like puffy cheeks and all that stuff. So being 17 years old, selling websites, there's a lot of face-to-face -face meetings, right? And yeah. um, I remember this one meeting, I walked into this meeting and it was one of my first clients that I was supposed to meet with. And I walk into his office, it was like a real estate company. And the owner of the company that I'm there to meet with, he looks at me and he goes, hey, like kid, are you lost? Like, are you looking for your father? Do you want me to page him or something? And that was like the most humiliating and embarrassing moment of my life. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not meant for this. I literally walked out of that meeting. Like I didn't even like tell him that I was a uh, deep energy here for the web design uh, meeting. I just literally walked out, went home. And I was like, man, maybe my friends and family members and all these people are right. Like maybe it's too early for me to do this. And it was something that really brought my confidence down. And eventually like I just wanted it so bad. I just wanted to go out and be an entrepreneur so bad that I just like shaped my perspective in a different way, right? So all this time I thought that being young was a liability, right? So I'd always tell people, like people would ask me like, oh, by the way, hey, how old are you? I'd be like, oh, I'm 25 years old or something, you know? Just make up like a fake age. And then I realized like, you know what? Why hide who I am, right? Why not turn what I think is my greatest liability into an asset? So from there, I just started walking into meetings and owning it, owning the fact that I was young. Like I'd go there and I'd be like, hey, I'm 17 years old. Um, I know that's young, but let me tell you why I'm better than everyone else. Everyone else you guys are working with are 25 plus and they had to learn internet and they had to learn web design and social media, but I just grew up with it. It's natural to me. I can give you the best perspective that these guys can offer. And boom, that was like the big turning point for my business. So I think um, that was definitely one of the biggest challenges that I kind of dealt with early on, but I just kind of learned to own it. And just even nowadays, you know, like I think I've been able to really build a brand as a young entrepreneur because many young entrepreneurs kind of shy away from the fact that they're age or that they're young and stuff. But even nowadays and even back in the day, all the time, I tell people exactly how old I am. And it's like, look, you can love me. You can love me if you want. You can hate me if you want. You can doubt me. You can not give me the chance, whatever it is. But I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to own my uh, who I am and see where it goes. Yeah, that's so powerful. So you think um, if you got the, the, the mindset right, age is not a question. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think age is just a number. It has no matter whether you're old, you're young, you're somewhere in between. It doesn't matter. If you really want what you want in life, you'll go out and find a way to get it. Because what I, I, I sense a lot in the environment, especially when I connect with freelancers because I have a branding business and that they say, yeah, but I'm kind of too young. I don't know if this is the right thing for me to do. Um, what would you say to those people? Like if they have a good skill set, is there anything, a trick or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just about like um, showing people that you know what you're talking about, right? I think the biggest thing is like people have doubts about people that are younger than them and things like that because they just think they don't have the experience or they don't have the skill set or they're not just smart enough to get things that need to be done. Uh, they're not smart enough to get those things done, right? And I think it's just like if you come into a meeting, you come in professionally, you dress well, you speak well, you know what you're talking about, you've got a portfolio, you've got all those things going for you. Um, you're going to make it, you're going to be successful and you'll find a way. And I think that's just the key, right? Like you, you got to know what you're 
uh, what when some when you're in a meeting with somebody, the biggest thing that you want to know is what are the things that I've I've got I bring to the table that are really strong points that I can leverage, and what are things that he looks at as a weakness. And the things that are your strong points, you focus on them and you nail them down, and you do a really good job conveying them. And then the next key important thing is you don't shy away or hide away from the things that he sees as a weakness. Because if you avoid that topic, then he's going to think that something is suspicious or something is off. You address it. You tell him like, yeah, I know I'm younger. I'm sure you're getting pitched by people that are maybe a decade or two decades older than me. Let me tell you how I'm different than them. They may have more years on me, but here's what I bring to the table. And if you address it and you really um, do a good job of pitching yourself and finding that way to pitch your value, people will work with you regardless of age. Yeah, that's that's so powerful. Absolutely agree on that. So um, I know as an entrepreneur, uh, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of commitment. So what kind of, from, from your point of view, what kind of level of commitment, work ethic or dedication would someone need to reach your standard of the way how you run business? What would it take? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think there's any like nominal amount or metric for amount of time or metric for that. I think it just comes down to whatever it takes to really get where you want to be in life. Right? Like for me, when I first started out, like I worked a lot harder and a lot more hours than I do right now. Right. When I first started out and when I was in college and stuff like that, I didn't go out and party. I didn't go out and hang out with my friends often. I did literally nothing. I probably worked about 16 to 17 hours a day, slept for like five and managed like schoolwork, food and all that other stuff. And all the rest of the time. And I made a bunch of sacrifices at that age. And I think it's just like whatever you need to, whatever amount of time you need to put in to get things done. And nowadays I've got the luxury where I've got employees, I've got managers, I've got a good team around me, partners and all that kind of stuff. I can definitely work 16 hours and there's many times where I'll go out and work a 16 hour day, but I don't need to work as hard as anymore because I've got all these resources and things in place. Nowadays I can get away working eight hours, 10 hours a day, something like that. And I think it's just about setting a goal of where you want to be and Let's say you, let's say your goal is like, okay, I want to make $5 million in the next two years in revenue for my company. So you go out for three months and you work eight hours a day. And let's say you're not you're not making much progress towards your goal. Then you got to assess two things. Should I work more hours or am I not doing enough in the hours that I'm already working? Let's say you come up with the answer. I need to work more hours. Then you bump those eight hour days to 10 hour days. You work for another three months and you say, okay, you know what? I'm still not getting there. I need to bump it up again. You work 12-hour days. You work for three months and boom, that's the magic number. All of a sudden, everything's clicking. Everything's coming into fruition. You're making better progress, whatever it is. So I think it's just a lot about like playing around and seeing what it is individually that you need. You know, like There's some people that run multi-million dollar businesses and they work two to three hours a day, if that. And it's amazing. And then there's other people that have to work you know, 16 to 18 hours, but they're making maybe $100 million. So it just comes down to whatever it takes for you to get to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. so um obviously we're gonna get into that topic a little bit later much more in depth but i just uh, want to kind of an opinion of uh about how do you, how you view it so how important is social media in your industry right now these days in order to run a business yeah absolutely i think um for any business like i think like 10 to 15 years ago that when the dot-com boom was kind of happening and like everyone needed a website and a lot of businesses were fighting the fact that they needed a website and to get on the internet and stuff like that. And eventually they realized, okay, I'm going to go out of business if I don't get a website. I think we're reaching that point with social media. I think whether you're a business owner, a brand, an influencer, just anybody in general, you've got to be on social media. Um, I think it's extremely valuable. Like your audience is there, your customers are there. So if you're not on it, someone else that's your competitor is going to be on there and they're going to sell to them and they're going to drive traffic to those uh, users on social media. So I think, um, Long story short, the answer to that question is I think it's an absolute must um, nowadays to be on social media. Okay, that yeah, obviously, 100% agree on that. So, um, so how would you advise someone? Obviously, you've been in the business a very long time now. And how would you advise somebody um, if he want if he said, okay, I want to do exactly the same thing what what G did. What and 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 this guy is in high school and he and he wants to become an entrepreneur. He doesn't want to go to college. What would your advice to him be? Yeah, absolutely. My first piece of advice would be take massive action. So um, don't wait for the perfect situation. Don't wait for the perfect moment because you're always going to have excuses. You're always going to be busy. You're never going to have enough experience. You're never going to have enough money. All these things are always going to be an issue. The older you get, the best advice I can tell you, the older you get, the more responsibilities you get, right? Like if you're in high school and you're lucky enough to be in a position where you can pursue your dreams, absolutely do it. Just do it. Don't blink twice. Just go out there and do it. Just put something out there. Create a business. 
launch an idea, launch an app, launch a service, whatever it is that you want to do, just go out there and do it. So that'd be my biggest number one piece of advice. And um, my second piece of advice would be to uh, really find great mentors. So go out, reach out to people that inspire you, that motivate you, and that are um, successful individuals. Reach out to them, see if they, if how you can offer them value and get value from them in exchange. Because I think especially when you're young and you're first starting out as a entre young entrepreneur, um, having the right mentorship and the right surroundings around you is extremely key. Because even when I was young, um, I was the only one that's an entrepreneur, right? It's not like my friends and family or anyone else is really an entrepreneur. So it's really easy to get distracted and thrown off course and be convinced by other people that your ideas are stupid or that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Well, as soon as you surround yourself with other like-minded individuals and entrepreneurs and mentors, everything clicks because you realize you're not wrong. You know, you know exactly what you're doing because there's so many other people that are doing the same thing. And it's, all, it's great to just be in sync with somebody else that's also a great mind. So those are probably my two biggest pieces of advice. Now, obviously, um, it, it takes a t uh, time uh, until you kind of get to a point where you feel confident And, and to me, I mean, and, and obviously to the audience, you, you, you kind of make the impression as a guy who really knows what he's doing, what he's, what he's talking about, about. But I assume that wasn't always the case. How long did it take you to get to this point where you said, okay, you know what? I am an entrepreneur. I run a business. I know what I'm talking about. Where, where did, where did, when did that happen, that point where you said, okay, man, that's it? Yeah, absolutely. I think I got lucky and I think that point kind of happened for me a little bit earlier than maybe for other people. Like that started happening during my first two years uh, when I started, you know, selling websites, getting clients, having a six-figure business, kind of while doing it part-time and kind of seeing all these stat statistics and accomplishments, selling my first business. I think it's just been a massive journey, right? Like along the way, as I kind of accomplished each little thing, it's like, okay, now I know how to do taxes. Okay, cool. Now I know how to like create a pitch deck. Oh, cool. Now I know how to do telemarketing or like um lead prospecting on the phone so it's just been a process of just like learning things and even today it's not like i know everything right there's some things that i know how to do really well some things that i absolutely um suck at and don't know anything about and there's some things that i don't even know about that i probably should know about and that's probably going to hit me sometime in the future and i think it's just a process and for me it's just been i've always been authentic and i've always been transparent it's like the things that i know how to do well i'll share that skill with other people i'll share that knowledge with other people because other people have done the same thing for me and it's just all about giving back and kind of nurturing that community. So, um, that's pretty much like how it's kind of worked for me, you know? Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome, man. So, so how does someone achieve those skill sets that you must learn in the process? Like how, how would I go out there? Like, so do I read books? Do I do a uh, book courses? Like, like, I guess th that initial call to action, like what would somebody do? What would you advise? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm um, usually like I had like a three or four step process that I do. So like if I knew like, okay, cool, I need to learn about taxes, I need to figure out how to do taxes before tax day. I'd go on Google and I start reading some articles and stuff like that. That's like step one, right? And sometimes these articles and things have so much information. You're like, oh, boom, I understand everything I need to do. I'm good to go. Sometimes it's not that easy. You have a more difficult question. So then you go step two. You may watch some videos, go on YouTube, Khan Academy, uh, whatever it is, you know, try and watch some free material like training videos and stuff like that and see if that helps. If that doesn't help, then step three, you know, like paying for like courses, um, some kind of like online tutorial, some kind of online guide, something of that nature, um, or courses like you mentioned, things like that that may help. And then kind of like the fourth step was, okay, if none of these things work, then let me reach out to someone who's really good at this and let me see if I can kind of build some kind of like relationship with them where I offer them value about something I'm good at in exchange for value back from them. So like having like a 30 minute conversation with them, taking them out to dinner and buying them dinner in exchange for their help on this, whatever it is, that was kind of like my step four. And then my step five was like, okay, you know what? I've tried everything. I can't figure this out. I need to find someone who's smarter than me in this topic, hire them or subcontract them or do whatever I need to do and have them take care of it. And that's kind of been like usually like my five-step process in terms of figuring stuff out. So to wrap this whole section up um, about, entre about entrepreneurship, um, and we're going to get into some deeper content here in a minute. Um, what three skill sets does somebody need to have in order to become successful as an entrepreneur? Obviously, you can say for yourself, you are pretty much winning the game right now. What are some three skill sets that, in your opinion, somebody needs to have a must-have in order to become successful at this journey? Yeah, absolutely. I think number one is being resourceful. So it's like if I drop someone off in the woods and they have no resources, nothing, 
can they make it back alive, right? Can they survive? And I think that's what entrepreneurship really is about. It's literally jumping off a plane without a parachute and building your parachute on the way down. So I think the number one skill that people need to have is being resourceful, figuring things out without any answer, without any direction, just finding a way to do it. Um, the second thing is I think being very, very, pers uh, very uh, persistent with what you do because you're not going to be right the first time. You're not going to be successful the first time around. It's very rare. It takes tons of failures, obstacles, challenges, and mistakes before you really get there. And it's a lot about being persistent, right? Like if you're very, very persistent and you are dead set on your goals, then you'll kind of achieve success. So I think that's kind of like the second skill set that's really needed. And um, I'd say the third skill set uh, that's kind of needed to be successful as an entrepreneur is um, pretty much being very, very um, relaxed and being very like grounded, right? So I think with entrepreneurship, there's a lot of roller coasters, a lot of ups and downs, emotional highs and lows. And it's not for the emotionally weak person, right? Like if things get to you, when things get tough, if you stress out, if you just want to sit there and cry and things really get down to you, like you get stressed out easy, entrepreneurship is going to be very tough because you're going to deal with all kinds of crazy stuff that happen. And you've just got to have a really good like buffer zone for all those things. You've just got to stay very level-headed, stay very rational, don't make emotional decisions, um, do the make decisions that are going to be smart for you and the right thing to do and things of that nature. So I think those are probably like the three uh, most important skill sets that I can kind of think of that uh, make a successful entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. Sounds very insightful and I definitely agree on that. I mean, there's some pointers here. So I got one additional question before we're going to head into your topic, which is your business. So um, I, I, I hear this a lot and people tell me that who are successful because I'm connecting with some of those high class individuals and they tell me one thing. They said, Nick, um, your environment is very important as an entrepreneur. You need to surround yourself with successful people and you need to keep your distance to people who don't share your mindset. How is, how is, how is your opinion to that? Because with family and all that stuff and they don't think like you, how, how would you approach that? Yeah, absolutely. The, the way that I've kind of approached it ever since I was kind of like in college when I kind of realized that people who thought like me and kind of wanted the same things in life as me were a very rare commodity was that I really did a good job of surrounding myself. So for me, it wasn't about like ghosting my friends and family or just kind of leaving them behind. But it was like having the right balance, right? So instead of spending 100% of my time with friends that necessarily didn't see eye to eye with me, it was about like creating like a good balance. So I still see my friends that think differently and I completely respect their views, their values, their perspectives. But at the same time, I've networked and I've met with a ton of other young entrepreneurs and individuals just like yourself that I've gotten to know over the years and build relationships with and hang out with and have conversations that um, kind of um, support me and kind of support my mindset and my goals and it keeps me grounded and it keeps me kind of motivated. So my best advice for people is that like, I wouldn't say like it's necessarily, unless someone is like a toxic individual, I wouldn't necessarily eliminate them because at the end of the day, they are your friends, they are your family members, but it's just about finding balance. Just as many of those people that you have that kind of think differently than you, if you have like just enough people that kind of think the same way as you, then you'll kind of A, learn to respect everyone's beliefs and B, when it comes to like talking about business stuff or entrepreneurship and stuff like that, you have them to talk about. I think the biggest challenge that I kind of had early on was that like I wanted to talk so much about like my entrepreneurial struggles and my business struggles with friends and family and that weren't in that space and they didn't understand me. They didn't get me. So it was very challenging and it was very difficult. And once I realized that, you know what, there's certain types of conversations I can have with them, like whether it's about sports or like what's going on or just like other types of conversations. And then like saving my entrepreneurial and mindset and business and inspirational conversations with like my entrepreneurial friends. That's when I really figured out that was like the magic touch because now I'm like getting really positive conversations with two different audiences. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. So, so let's get right into the, the business content. Obviously, um, you started several businesses, uh, seven businesses, right? Or something like that, personally? Uh, yeah, I started over like 10 plus businesses. Maybe like, I'm not like maybe 11 or 12 now uh, since I've started as an entrepreneur. Okay. And right now you're, you're running a sort of an educational platform where you educate people on, on what businesses you've started. So tell us a little bit more about this one because it's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So this is this company is called the Income Incubator. It's a fairly new project. And what I've done is um, there's been seven businesses that I've started online businesses 
that I've started over like the last eight years that have done very, very well, that I've, I've had a lot of success with, that I think are easily, uh, easily can be replicated by other people. And pretty much what I've done is I've created this academy that shares each of these online businesses. So I kind of take your students' hands, walk them through the process completely. So it's got lectures, it's got blueprints, shortcuts, resources, documents, and like one-on-one -on -one mentorship with me. And it's pretty much just helping them get these businesses off the ground. And um, the biggest reason why we started this was that there's a ton of individual courses out there. So some people may charge like 10, 15, 20, $30,000 for one course or one online business they teach you. And too many times I've seen people have two issues, right? One, they're not even passionate about the business and they realize it's not the right business for them after they spend all this money on the course. Or two, they just aren't able to achieve success with that business. And so now all that money went down the drain. So my whole idea was let's give students one price make it very reasonably priced. So we price our, core, our academy at $999 and I give them seven different online businesses that I've created and they can really just kind of play around with it and it really, it's really focused on ensuring that I can jumpstart their success as an entrepreneur. So it's got seven different online businesses that they can start. They can take these courses at their own pace, at their own time. They've got lifetime access. They can just figure out what the right way for them to get into um, entrepreneurship is and just kind of jump right into it. And so that's kind of the concept and the idea behind it. So, so what are some th key things to keep in mind when starting an online business? What, what would you advise somebody to do? If, if somebody tells you, hey, um, I want to start an online business, is there anything this guy needs to know before getting into that, some kind of struggles or things that he needs to be aware of? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing I like to tell people is when you start an online business or any business in general, think about it as getting married, right? So like you don't necessarily want to get married to someone that you don't know well and that you just don't, that you don't have a good connection with and all that kind of stuff. You want to be very, very careful, obviously, with who you marry, right? Because for the most part, that's like a lifelong decision. And I like to tell people the same thing when it comes to like a business, right? Like don't just start a business because you heard it makes the most money or because it just sounded cool that day, right? Uh, you're going to get married to your business. You're going to be spending a lot of hours and there's going to be times where you're not going to get paid to do this and so many other factors. So my biggest advice for people is like choose very wisely before getting into a business. Really make sure it's something that you can see yourself doing for the long haul. And that's pretty much the biggest piece of advice I give my students um, in my online business course or just anyone that's looking to start um, a business in general. Actually. So, so just uh, to get some stats here, on average, like, I mean, or, or from European perspective, how long does it take to establish some sort of a successful online business? Yeah, absolutely. So um, some of the statistics I can give you are from like real case studies and real students that I've had in my academy. And it's just really dependent on each individual. Like I've had a student that took my academy for two weeks and they started making like $1,000 a month in their first 30 days. That's one of the businesses they created. They were an extremely fast learner. They were super dedicated and committed. Like I think he finished like an entire like lecture in like 10 days or something, like an entire online business course in like 10 days. Like I think he's putting in like ridiculous amount of hours and stuff. And he was not just um, taking the material, but he was actually applying it as each lecture went on. So he was like a superstar student, like super committed. And he achieved success literally like in two weeks. And then there's been other students where, you know, like they've got, they're going to school or they've got a nine to five job. And this is something that they're kind of doing a little bit slower. So maybe it takes them six months, seven months, eight months to get that business off the ground. And I think that's just really dependent on your pace, um, how much you know beforehand coming into things, um, how much time you can put in, what your commitment level is, and all these kind of different factors that really determine how quickly someone can or cannot be successful. Okay. So kind of if somebody says on the podcast, man, I want to, I want to reach out to this guy. I want to start a business, an online business. What are some businesses you started like these seven online business models? Mm -hmm. uh, what are those? Yeah, absolutely. So the seven business online business models that I teach in this is um, one is uh, mobile applications. So how to like launch your own mobile apps, create your own mobile apps, stuff like that. Um, physical products course. So how you can like, you know, sell on Amazon, eBay, Walmart, off Shopify website, actual physical products under your own brand. Um, the third one is like web applications. So how can you make a web app or some kind of software and sell it? Uh, the fourth is like eBooks. So how can you launch eBooks or digital guides and sell them? The fifth is like paperback or hardcover books. So how can you like take a physical book and actually sell it and uh, do indie publishing and self-publishing and all those things? Um, the sixth is like how you can create kind of like your own blog. Uh, so like how to make a blog, how to monetize the blog, how to create content for it, all that good stuff. And then the seventh and final business is how you can create your own social media agency. So pretty much a multimedia agency offering different services to businesses and all that kind of stuff, especially focused around social media. 
just because that's one of the hottest markets right now. So those are pretty much the seven online businesses that I teach from experience uh, in my academy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So obviously, speaking of social media, uh, I see this a lot, especially also in my niche, because I, I, I have a different approach to this uh, branding agency, something like that. And um, what are some trends you see in this area coming up in, in terms of social media? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, I think the biggest trend that's coming out with social media is that it's becoming more and more competitive because more and more people are on there. So one, you've got to have more authentic content and more value creating content, right? I think too many people use social media to spam it. So they're like looking to make money. So like if they sell a product, they're constantly just promoting their products and saying, buy now, buy now, click this link, blah, blah, blah. And I think the biggest trend with successful social media campaigns is really just creating value for your audience, right? It's a free, free platform. Just find a way to create free value for your audience, right? So like something that I do with like my personal brand or with like my income incubator, uh, Instagram profiles and social media profiles is, you know, we'll share inspirational stories. We'll share like quotes and motivational posts and just kind of thoughts and um, different lessons and things that we've learned or other people have learned. And that's just our way of creating free value for the community, right? It's not about like sell, 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 go buy this course all the time. It's about just creating value and good content, right? And if that content appeals to the right audience and they say, oh man, that really helped me out and I'm really interested in starting an online business, they're just going to reach out on their own. Like we don't have to do any force hard selling on social media. And I think that's the biggest trend that a lot of businesses need to learn because too many people are hard selling and they're not realizing that they're pushing their customers away instead of drawing them in. So branding is kind of important, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally agree on that. So, so despite that fact, I mean, you live in uh, uh, California, right? Yeah, there's yeah. Obviously, there's obviously a lot of there's a lot going on in terms of uh, Silicon Valley and, and and social media. What are some trends you see in the business environment today, despite social media coming up? What are some things you would uh, give people? And hey, man, you need to follow, you need to be aware of that. What's coming up right now? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing that's kind of really coming up is um, in terms of like really like um, kind of like how there's Instagram lives, how Periscope had kind of a big, big time Facebook lives, all that kind of stuff. I think like the kind of like webinars are kind of transitioning into the fact of like live content. So like, let's say like I'm in my office and I think of something really, really valuable or something, just go on an Instagram live or a Facebook live and just literally share your live stream, your content. And I think live streaming with social media is a really big trend that I think like moving 2019, 2020, going into those years is going to be really, really key. It's just kind of just starting to take off right now and people are getting like influencers are getting comfortable using it and users are getting intrigued watching it. But I think like live, anything live is just huge. And I think that's where the future is heading towards. Okay. What are some other business trends uh, besides social media? Like what do you think about AI and virtual reality and things like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, artificial intelligence, robotics, the use of all that stuff is going to be very, very key. Um, I think we're still a few years away from like businesses being able to actually apply and use it because there's, there's still a lot of stuff with like testing and regulations and government stuff that's going on. But absolutely, I think those are huge markets, right? Like I think if you look at what's kind of trending, what's on the upward climb, I think that and a virtual reality, especially all those kinds of things, there's a huge marketplace for it. And if you can keep a close eye on it and as those trends evolve and as those trends kind of become concrete, if you're one of the first companies to capitalize in an industry or niche, there's a ton of opportunity, a ton of money to be made. So absolutely, I think those are great, uh, great trends moving forward. And obviously, I mean, we spoke prior to, to this conversation, you mentioned something about the online gaming scene. And I think a lot of people, maybe somebody's listening to this podcast and is, is an addicted gamer. Maybe that's an opportunity for him. So, so what do you see in, the, see in the online gaming scene? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been reading a lot of statistics and I've been following this for a few years now. And I do believe that like in some countries already, online gaming has overtaken um, sports viewership. So more people view online gaming matches and competitive online gaming over like actual sports and actual television. And even though I don't think we're at that point in the U.S., I think we're very, very close to that bubble where that those two things like kind of intersect. And I think by like 2020 or 2021, we're going to hit that point. 
So I think like competitive gaming is huge and online gaming just in general is huge, right? Like I look at my brother's generation who's like, he's 12 and just other people in general and I constantly see how much they love online gaming and how little television they watch. They're always on YouTube watching online gaming clips or Twitch or these platforms. And I think like anyone that's just trying to get into online gaming into that scene, whether it's creating a product or service for it or just being an online gamer that tries to monetize and create good content, I think there's a ton of value moving forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so moving back towards your, your business, your, your goals, what are mm -hmm. some, some main goals or what is the grand vision of, of, uh, um, of, of, yeah, what's the grand vision of your business right now or for your life, what you have in mind, what you want to accomplish? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the grand vision for my life is like, I just want to leave an impact that's bigger than the, that like a legacy and an impact that's bigger than me. So something that kind of outlives me. So creating things that impact millions of people. And even when I'm gone, um, whatever it is that I create is left behind and creating positive and doing good for the world. So I think that's like my grand vision in life. And when it just comes to business right now and entrepreneurship, I think one of my biggest visions and goals is with uh, the income incubator. I really want to grow this platform, help a lot of people uh, start their online businesses, achieve success, get freedom, get the things they want in life. And from there, I really want to transition into a physical school maybe like at an earlier age, because right now a lot of the students that you get are like 21 plus, but I would love to like create like some kind of like almost alternative to high school and have like a physical school where students can come in and there's no curriculum. They can literally come in and learn what they want to do and just kind of um, explore and kind of discover themselves. And um, that'd be a really cool thing, cool opportunity. So that's something that's definitely like one of my, uh, a little bit grander visions in business that I have maybe in the next few years coming up. So, so you want to kind of change the school system in a way, right? So it, the way um, things were taught or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily say change it. I just want to create like, another, give, give students another option. So maybe if there's a student that's kind of always been rebellious, kind of struggled in school early on and hasn't, hasn't done too well in like the schooling system after like junior high, it's like, hey, come to this, come to this school. It's pretty much you, you get to pick your own curriculum, you get to learn what you want to learn, and you get to apply it rather than having to learn from a curriculum or teachers or tests, kind of having different ways of measuring a student's success and kind of teaching them in a different way. So I think it'd just be like another option, right? Like if, if students want to go to the high school route, parents want to take them there, absolutely, 100%. There's no knock on it. But if they want to try something else, try something different that they think may work better for their kids, here's another opportunity. Here's another cultivated learning experience that we can provide them. So what are some things, uh, speaking about school, uh, what are some things that uh, you think uh, um, people don't learn in school, what they should learn and would benefit them in their later life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I never learned in school, like going through high school, going through even like a couple years of college and business classes and all that stuff was like, I never learned how to do taxes, right? And so the first time I had to do taxes, I was like mind blown, right? Because the first couple of years, my dad would take care of it. I didn't have to worry about it or whatever. And I was just like, man, like everybody needs to know how to do their taxes and nobody teaches you how to do this in school or in college. And that was like kind of like mind blowing to me. So I think college and a lot of education systems, they don't teach you real world skills. I think they teach a lot of like principles and historic data and facts and things that come out of textbooks, but they don't really teach you a lot of real life skills. Like no matter who you are after you graduate from college, you got to pay taxes. So why is college not teaching us how to pay taxes? How does college not teach us how to go out and buy a house, how to get a mortgage, how to get pre-approved? So there's so many real life skills that I think college and education doesn't teach us that uh, is really disappointing that I really wish they did teach us because it's extremely important. Um, so that's kind of like one of the biggest knocks that I have on uh, college and education. Mm -hmm. So I heard because I once spoke to an entrepreneur in the business and he said, and he told me like 75% of what, what's going on in entrepreneurship, you cannot learn in school. It's self-taught. Would you agree on that? Uh, yeah, I agree 100%. I think when it comes to entrepreneurship itself, I think you learn the most just by doing right. Like there's very few things like entrepreneurship is such a unique journey because you're literally creating a business or an idea from scratch and executing it. There's no guide, there's no textbook, there's no handbook for doing it. There's only one thing that'll make it happen, and that's massive action. So I 100% agree, you know, like there's basic skills, basic like principles or marketing methods or techniques that you can kind of learn. But um, when it comes to like starting an online business or an online idea, there's a lot of stuff that you have to figure out yourself, and definitely college doesn't teach you uh, much when it comes to that kind of stuff. And the problem is that a lot of the professors and stuff that teach entrepreneurship or business classes, they've never actually started an online business or a business or any kind of company themselves, right? 
they literally went through college, got a teaching degree, and ended up teaching business and entrepreneurship, something they've never done or applied themselves, just something they've read about in a book, and they're trying to teach other students to do it. So how's that message going to come across, right? Yeah, obviously, yeah. Not that no one's going to know how to do it because the guy who's teaching it doesn't know how to do it. So that's like a big issue as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what are some struggles you face today? I mean, you're, you sound like you're all set, but at the, you're playing at the higher level. And at the higher level, obviously, you always have struggles in life. Mm -hmm. So maybe you want to share some of them that yeah, maybe the audience can benefit from those. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, two struggles that I could definitely share with people is um, one, um, when it comes to hiring, like maintaining good talent and maintaining good employees and keeping good employees. Uh, I think that's definitely a big challenge for me, you know, now that I've got a team and I'm growing my company and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I have a lot of employee turnover and stuff like that. So dealing with that, creating like systemized processes that when one employee leaves to bring in the next one seamlessly without like the company's performance and sales and stuff like that, dipping is key. So definitely employee management has been one of the things that have been huge for me um, in terms of like a struggle and a challenge that I'm still working through and I'm kind of learning the ins and outs of how to do things better. Um, that's one thing. And then maybe a second thing, maybe like on like a personal kind of life standpoint, uh, being an entrepreneur is it's uh, definitely tough, like, you know, like when it comes to dating, relationships, stuff like that, because you're so busy and because you kind of think so differently than other people do and things of that nature. I think it's definitely a challenge uh, when it comes to kind of like finding people that you mesh with, people that are going to kind of understand your lifestyle and be willing to make those sacrifices and kind of understand you. So those are probably two things that I can say that are like struggles and kind of go through the process. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree on that. So, um, I mean, how many employees do you have right now? Or uh, Right now, across my two companies, I'm probably about, at about 30 to 35 employees. So, so how, do you, how do you manage people? I, I mean, there are a lot of different approaches. Like, I micromanage people into a trust, like Mark Cuban says, or no, no, I trust them fully. Or, or how, do, how do you go by that? Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to management and managing people, I've kind of learned to kind of have like a pretty hands off approach. So I've really learned that like, you know, like I've tried to do a lot, uh, do away with a lot of like restrictions, like, oh, you have to work from X amount um, in the morning to Y amount at night, right? I've tried to get rid of a lot of those restrictions. For me, we have like a very like open working environment. So it's like, hey, John, I need XYZ tasks done. Here you go. This is what I need done today. If John takes two hours to get it done and he gets it done completely accurately, I don't have a problem. Go home, enjoy the rest of your day. And if John takes 12 hours to get it done, again, I'm sorry that it took so long, but that's what needed to be done to get it done. So we have a very like open um, working environment, very free. And so like there's not too much like hardcore like micromanaging, so to speak, where I'm constantly like managing every little task and every little route is just a lot of like larger broad scale kind of management like hey let's get this done let's get that done and like having employees that kind of like enjoy working for you they're passionate about what they do uh helps a lot because then it's not like you're babysitting um that that makes a big difference so it's pretty much a combination of those two things that we do here okay so so in that regards i got a personal question that maybe <laughs> they help um um, some other guy on this podcast out um, like I'm currently also like uh, looking for people and trying to build a team what are some advices you can give me or somebody who's currently in the state of doing that who is an entrepreneur who says okay I need more people to work on that I'm I'm I'm, I'm starting this business this business is growing and um, what are some key mm -hmm. pointers you said okay man that's what you need to look for in hiring people or finding the right people to work with Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when it comes to like hiring and finding the right people, I think it just comes down to really um, one, having a really strong work culture. So like you're going to understand one thing very quickly is that not every employee is going to be the perfect fit for your company, right? Like our company is like a young um, kind of like outgoing bunch and we're kind of, we're, we're kind of like a little bit crazy, right? Like we do a lot of things and a lot of like, in a rather like most, it's like a guy walks in with a tie, suit and tie and comes into our office, he's going to be like, oh my God, what the heck is this? Like, this seems like a zoo or a madhouse, right? We don't have a like, dress code. We don't have like things of that nature. You know, it's very casual, very laid back, kind of like almost like it feels like a bunch of friends just working together, right? And so I think one is just identifying what your work hook is going to be. I don't think there's any right answer. It's just about what you're comfortable with as a leader because who you are as a leader, you've got to convey down to the rest of your people. So I think building the right culture is um, a big, big key and you're going to quickly learn that not employees, all employees are going to be the right fit. And then two is just um, don't go for necessarily the most talented or the best employees. 
Go for the employees that are the most passionate about what you do. You have a vision at the end of the day, right? And if you can get your employees to believe in your vision, that's the most powerful thing in the world. And I think that's what Steve Jobs said that kind of like fueled his growth with Apple. It wasn't that he got the smartest or the strongest or the best talent out there. He just got people that believed in him. And if someone believes in you, they're going to they're gonna be willing to go to war for you. And I think that's the key thing that I also like to do and hire is like, I want to hire somebody. When I ask them, why do you want this job? They tell me because I love what you're doing. And I think me and you together can change the world or something along those lines. Those are the answers I love to hear. I don't want to hear someone when I ask them, why do you want to work here? Oh, well, I think this is a great position for my career. I think it's the money's good. I think this is a good opportunity and all this kind of like, I don't want to hear that blah, blah, blah. I want someone that's on the same page with me and ready to go, uh, go to bat with me. And I think those are the two things that I can suggest. Yeah, definitely. That's some, some, that's some high quality advice. Um, now I'm going to ask you a really tough question then I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, mm -hmm. according to, uh, I mean, there are a lot of stats out there on entrepreneurship and, um, there's like, yeah, I mean, 95% of the people who hear this podcast, who hear this advice on entrepreneurship, who try to start a business are not going to do actually anything. And there's only a small majority who are going to take action. How do you think about that? Do you think really like, okay, um, I'm only going to impact a few people who are actually going to build something significant? Or do you think like you can go bigger? You can say, okay, uh, change a lot of more people. Or how, how do you view that? Or yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the biggest things that I've kind of learned over the last few years that I never, not necessarily knew early on was that you can't change someone who doesn't want to be changed. And even like with the income incubator and a lot of the stuff that I do as a motivator and an inspirational speaker and stuff like that, I've quickly learned that if someone wants to change their life or they are interested in genuinely taking action and doing those things, they're going to do something to show you that they actually want it. If I have to go up to somebody and after I share a message, or I even after this podcast, right? Shared all this valuable content, all that kind of stuff. If I have to go up to that person and convince them that they should go pursue their dreams, there's something very wrong, right? It just doesn't have the right mindset and the right, they don't want it bad enough at the end of the day. That's what it just comes down to me, right? The person that I look, love to work with and stuff like that, and even at Think of Incubator, right? We don't take any student. Like I love to tell students that, hey, you can apply. And after you apply, I'll read, your, I'll, read, I'll read everything you have to say. I'll talk to you for a little bit. And if I feel like you're a good fit, then I'll bring you on board. Like I don't want everyone's money. That's not my goal in this. I want to offer value and I want people to be successful. And like the biggest thing that I know is that if someone wants something bad enough, they're going to go out and they're going to be willing to do something to go out and get it, right? And so that's like the key, right? Like um, not everyone in the world can be successful as an entrepreneur. Uh, I think that's obviously well-documented, well-established. I think it just comes down to who wants it bad enough. And if you want it bad enough, you're going you're gonna to do something to show me that you want it bad enough. And at that point, I'm fully committed to you. Yeah, that's some, some powerful stuff. So, so to wrap it up, this conversation here on the podcast, um, um, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Obviously, we're going to link all your social media links in the description and the show notes. But if they want to say, okay, man, I want to connect with this guy. I want to, I want to sign up or whatever. How, how, do, how do they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So the best way to get in touch with me is on my personal website called jeepenergy.com. And um, on there, I've got my blog, my social media platforms, my projects, my email address, all that good stuff. So if anyone wants to get in touch or learn more about me, that's the best spot to go to. So, okay. Um, last, last question, because I think uh, we're talking to a really big deal. And I don't know how this podcast, but in, in two years from now, maybe it's going to be a really famous episode. What's your, what are your next steps in your business? Yeah, absolutely. So my next steps in my business are really just um, a lot of it has to do with like growth and scaling. So really hitting like every year, you know, for us, it's all about growth and scaling. So like, you know, if we do $2 million in sales last year, then the next year it's like, okay, how can we get to five or how can we get to 10? So it's really setting really big goals, really big expectations and just really executing on them. So for us, um, a lot of the big goals are really just hitting next level numbers in terms of revenue, in terms of growth, in terms of people that we're impacting and uh, those kinds of things. Definitely want to grow my team and employees even further. Um, a lot of things in terms of like growing my personal brand, right? Like I'm really working hard towards getting my voice out there and my face out there and my message out there. So those are pretty much the two or three biggest things that I'm kind of working on um, this year uh, within my uh, own businesses and personal life in terms of goals. That sounds great, man. I'm rooting for you. And to all of you on the podcast, definitely follow this guy on uh, Instagram, right? That's one of your main platforms. And mm -hmm. Instagram, Twitter, yep. Twitter, Instagram, Twitter. Not Facebook, right? Or 
Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. I'm pretty much on all the social networks, but I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter. I get the so, most yeah. value out of those two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll link all that stuff below. So yeah, anything else you'd like to say before we wrap it up? Uh, no, man, I think, I think we uh, hit a bunch of good points. And if there's any last uh, big reminder that I can give people is I've given a TED Talk on this topic as well. Um, it just all comes out of taking action. And my biggest thing I want to tell people is if not now, when are you going to take action? Just go out there and pursue your dreams and do something about it if it really means something to you and it just takes one step to change your life forever. So guys, thanks for tuning in on this insightful episode on how to start out in entrepreneurship and what to do. I mean, we had some great, great, great insightful tips from uh, CEO Jeet Banerjee. And if you did like uh, his suggestions, maybe you want to check out his program on his website. Everything is linked down in the description below. So it's just a click away. And uh, if you want to follow him on Instagram for his inspirational quotes and his motivational stuff, what he's putting out, I think there's a lot coming going on. So, um, yeah, basically follow him, give him a like, give him a comment, um, you know, reach out to him if you have any questions or, um, yeah. And, um, if you did like this episode, leave a review on iTunes, a five-star rating and, um, yeah, see ya in the next episode.